This episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club, and I know, I know another ad, right? But I personally use Dollar Shave Club all the time and have been using them for years. Uh, I remembered I would always buy the disposable razors, and I would they wouldn't last. They would cut you, and then when you would get the more expensive ones, they they were just really expensive, and you had to keep buying them until I came across Dollar Shave Club. Then, you know, it changed the game forever with razors. And now they offer way more than just razors. They offer skincare products, hair care products, hair stuff, gel, pomade, you name it. They offer a whole variety of different products. I mean, you don't believe me? Go give them a try and then you'll love them. Click the link in each episode and or our bio and you'll love them. You're going to be helping the podcast. Or if you want to help the podcast too, if you are if you go over to Anchor FM, there's a donation button. You can sign up, donate every month. Uh, thank you guys to the people who have signed up and continue to donate. I truly appreciate it. So click the link. Go check out Dollar Shave Club. And let's get into your It's your boy, the one with the Scarface, your boy Scarface. And today we have a special episode because a while back ago when I was talking to Maria when she originally came in and got her headshots done, she told me a little bit about her and, you know, she she mentioned to me that we should have her on the podcast. And at that time I had a lot of things going on in my head and uh, and I definitely wanted to do it, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you know how like when you have a bunch of things going on, you forget stuff. And that's what happened. And so when I went and posted it on the Entrepreneurs of Eastern Idaho, that's right, what it yeah. is, right? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you responded to it. You know, whoever, whenever I post it or if I reach out, don't be afraid to reach out and be like, hey, me, you know, like, I, I feel <laughs> don't like, forget I, me. <laughs> yeah, be like, I have a, I feel like I have some sort of story as well, too. So I'm glad you posted that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was that moment where you're like, oh, yeah. So we have Mia, right? Yes. From D- Designs DNA, right? Design DNA. Yep. Design DNA. And so, I mean, you kind of, you sent me a, uh, it was like a three-page paper. <laughs> three I was page like, how paper. do I break this down? <laughs> nope, sorry. <laughs> yeah, because I want to get to like kind of know about you. I'm, of course, we're going to let you tell uh, your story, but like, I kind of want to know what's going on. That way I can like, you know, also not know the whole story, but get like some, an idea of where you're coming from. So I'm glad you were you know able to make it to the podcast. So yeah, thanks for having me. No, thank <laughs> you. I'm excited to, to get into this. So, I mean, like always, I always want people to get to know the guest. Uh, are you originally from Idaho? I'm not actually. My dad was a Marine for 21 years. So it's kind of hard to claim anywhere. Like yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. from a lot of places. Uh, and I was born in Idaho, mm-hmm. um, on the other side of the state, but I claim Virginia as home. That's where I graduated high school. That's where I went to college. Um, so Fredericksburg, Virginia is kind of my hometown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, is that one, is that a big, pretty big town? Yeah. I mean, it's basically where the civil war took place. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so, like, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So it's like the Southern part of the Northern part of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far from DC. Okay. And so that's where you grew up and you said your, your dad wasn't in, involved with the, he was a Marine, a Marine, a Marine. Yep. So you guys, do you remember all the different places you would travel to? Yeah. So we lived in Japan for a while, Okinawa, Japan. Um, we spent a lot of time in different parts of California. Um, the Carolinas, uh, that's also where I went to like middle school and some of high school. My freshman year of high school was in North Carolina. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. Like yeah. every three years we, we moved. <laughs> how, how was that for like, 
school wise because you know like say you move somewhere you get to know some people you get a few friends here and there and all of a sudden you got to move like how was that to, like for you i think every single time my parents told me that we were moving it was like this full-fledged breakdown oh, i love it here <laughs> it's the best place ever um but what's interesting about being a military brat right is that you know it's coming mm -hmm. and so whether you're picked on or you know your personality, you can rewrite your story essentially yeah. like every three years. It's okay. It's going to be over soon. I get to start anew. Um, and, and it's, it's funny how that constant change though changes who you are as an adult. Mm -hmm. I drive my husband crazy because I'm always needing to like change the house or like change yeah. the color or like, let's move into a different place. Like that need for change is so ingrained in who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I mean, yeah, parts of it was awful, but it made me who I am. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, uh, like those friends that you had during that time, did you ever like stay in tech, like in touch with them or? Yeah. So I, I, you know, because of things that happened to me as, as a kid and things like that, I, I really never imprinted, um, you know, even with parents or things like that, like where you just feel that really close connection and you stay in touch. Like I, I'm not that type of person, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like as bad as that is, um, I just, wish you the best and kind of go my separate ways. And, mm. and I'm a much more like live in the moment type of person. So you, you didn't get too attached to people. I or, don't. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> like I know that sounds really bad, but no, it, it makes sense. Uh, especially I know you touched on it just a second ago about what happened to you, like when you were younger, uh, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of people, uh, can benefit from, you know, listening to your story just because, you know, you get to meet you. You're so happy. You're always happy, laughing, <laughs> smiling, you know, such a lovable person. Uh, I mean, I'll let you get into it. Like what happened to you as a, as, as a child. Yeah. Um, so trigger warning to anyone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, let's be open and honest about that. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I was actually born in, in Idaho. Um, my dad was a Marine. So I was born 1990, mm -hmm. which is the Gulf war. Yeah. Um, so he was in Iraq when I was born. Um, it's, it's kind of funny cause I have a sister who's 15 months older than me. Mm -hmm. And I guess for her, they said, Hey, you're having a baby boy. Turns out it was a girl. Um, he's in Iraq. He gets the red cross message. Congratulations on your baby girl. And I guess the doctors had done the same thing. They told him it was going to be a boy and mm -hmm. then a girl. And he's like, this can't happen twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so sorry, dad, you got stuck with a bunch of girls. <laughs> How many girls? Is uh, five girls. Oh, wow. No, no boys. One boy. Oh, one boy. Yeah. Before we keep going, what, like who's the oldest, who's the youngest? Yeah. So, um, I guess, yeah, backtrack. Uh, my biological mom had two kids before, uh, she met my dad. Mm -hmm. And so that's my older brother and one of my sisters mm -hmm. and then they met and two girls. And then, um, when he remarried two girls, oh, <laughs> it, it's him. It's him. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of funny that my poor dad, but he says now, you know, he got all his sons when we get married. Oh so. yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so my dad was, was in Iraq when I was born. Um, first time he ever saw me, uh, Tom Brokaw, you know, he was a big news guy mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, he was stationed with my dad's troop. I don't know. I don't know all the terminology. Squ yeah, yeah, <laughs> Squad. <same here. laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
And he interviewed my dad. And so my dad saw me on uh, national television was the first time he saw me. Wait, he interviewed your dad or yeah, they so interviewed he interviewed you guys? So he interviewed my dad while my dad was over in Iraq. And mm-hmm. then local news station oh. set up cameras and they were able to like... And that's the first time that... Okay. Yeah. So that's the first time. So I guess I've been interviewing like since birth. <laughs> since birth. <laughs> since you even knew about it. Yeah. I'm a pro at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was... It, I mean, just kind of crazy, but, uh, um, at that time, you know, I, I can't even imagine what you really did go through, but you know, four kids and giving birth by yourself, um, mm-hmm. without your spouse there, mm-hmm. that's gotta be hard. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I can fully admit that. Um, but she did get a lot of attention mm-hmm. during that time, obviously being on national television, um, she met with the governor of Idaho a bunch and, and just different things like that. Um, and then when the war was over, my dad came home and, and we got stationed in North Carolina. So these interviews, were they based off something that was it because of your dad or was it because something that your mom was doing? Really because of my dad, mm-hmm. you know, um, having a spouse overseas fighting in the war, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But um, not, not that, family, obviously I I grew up military, you know, my dad served in the recent war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I understand how hard it is on military families to have someone gone and and overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, I think she took it too far. Yeah. Would be the, (laughs) would be the best way to say it of, uh, it, it became all about her instead of, your spouse that's fighting yeah, for the yeah. country. Um, yeah. Cause some people like that. They'll like the whole, as soon as they get a little bit of um, like fame or like popularity, they start becoming this person. That's not them. Exactly. Or it's the person that they actually are is coming out. Exactly. You know, so that could have been happening in, in her case that this is how she normally is that, but, or just, having all those cameras on her changes people, you know, changes a lot of people. You you see some of these, uh, celebrities that go from like being poor and all of a sudden they're rich, but then they become assholes, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, it's a toss up. Was she one before or was she one after? Exactly. We may never know. (laughs) We never will know. Um, but yeah, so we got stationed in North Carolina as Mm -hmm. soon as the war was done. And, um, I think part of, of that, huge trigger for her, um, was lots of attention to nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's zero to a hundred or a hundred to zero. (laughs) Um, and, and that's when thing, things started happening. Um, so we drove from Idaho to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I was only like three months old at the time. Um, and any baby being in a car in a car seat for that long is, it's not going to be pleasant. No, not at all. <laughs> like, um, usually babies have like digestive issues and, and things like that. And so that's kind of what, what started. Um, so there is a possibility that I had like a cold or I, you know, had some stomach issues just from the drive. Um, but the way my, my dad describes it, and I have a really close relationship with, with my dad even today. Um, is that I went from kind of a normal, healthy 
baby and three months old to I was like dying. Dang. I mean, just super, super sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, going to the doctors and, and again, my dad is a Marine. And even when you're not serving overseas, it's a demanding job. Oh yeah. Um, and he really trusted my biological mom to be taking care Would you, uh, of the kids. That's like normal. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you trust, uh, the, the mother to your child to be taken care of the child. Like, especially if in your guys' situation where he's in the army or the Marines and he's serving, of course that's what he would think, you know, right. or anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially then too, like, I mean, nowadays I feel like there's a lot more like equal roles between like, a um, spouses and, and moms and dads, but especially back then, like guys went to work women took care of the kids, right? Like it's just, (laughs) that was, that was the the thing. Exactly. Um, but as it turns out, um, so like years, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, multiple doctors, we got stationed. Um, well, I think the military, there was like a better hospital in California from my understanding. And so they were able to change my dad's orders to move us, um, from North Carolina to California. Mm-hmm. And, um, finally one doctor just kind of like, it didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, her reactions to things didn't, didn't make sense. And, um, later as an adult, I actually went back and yeah, emotional time, but went back and read the court documents. Oh, wow. Um, and, and the doctor described that there was one moment that I, I came in and I was just gray and coloring and really on, on like death store. And, uh, that he like looked over at her and, and she was like smiling. Like she was almost like this justification or see, she is sick, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this sick joy, um, that, that she seemed to exude, uh, I, I don't know as a, as a mom now myself, like I have four kids. I can't, when my kids are sick, like I'm on the brink of tears and, mm. and here she is smiling. Um, and I think it was at that moment that he kind of felt like something is not right here. Your dad or the doctor? The doctor. Okay. So all, all this time with my dad, he's still oh, working. Mm. He's, you know, taking care of the the three other kids that are at home while she was in the hospital with me. Um, the Marine Corps kept sending him overseas too. <laughs> that didn't help. That did not help. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, the, the doctor kind of like went through a lot of the previous medical records and started calling the other hospitals um, because part of this, disease is that they bounce from hospital to hospital to hospital. And, uh, and he was like, Nope, I'm going with my gut. Something is, is not right. And so I was immediately, um, put into foster care, like from the hospital, we need to get her out of. Did did, did the doctor right away think it was something that your mom was doing? Yeah. Right away. Um, so it's, it's a, it's technically a mental disease. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's Monchausen syndrome by proxy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotten a, kind of a lot of attention cause there's that, um, Hulu show out there called the act. Um, oh, I remember that. It's weird how you talk <laughs> about that. And yesterday I went to a photo shoot, right. And the girl literally brought up that show. She's like, have you seen the act? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. And now you bring it up. It's, it's weird how the world works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, that, uh, Gypsy yeah. was, is the, is the daughter's name. Um, her mom had that, you know, um, years and years of, of being sick. And I mean, their story ended really dramatically with yeah. her killing her mom, but, <laughs> um, yeah, that was, a. it's, it's crazy how, and it's based like on true events. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if the whole story is true, but especially cause it's Hollywood, but a lot of that stuff did happen. Yeah. And so she would always not let her daughter do stuff because she was, she sick. said sick, right? Like, yeah. And giving her like medication that she didn't need and, and things like that. It, was that, so is that what, what was happening with you? Yeah. So in, in my case, again, I, so I was three when it, I was put into foster care. So mm-hmm. three months old to three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, oh, she has this symptom. She has this symptom. She has this symptom. And so the doctors were prescribing me medication um, and I was having exploratory surgery, but turns out I wasn't sick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you're, when you take medication and when you have surgeries and all, all these things and it's, it's not needed, you, you do get sick. Yeah. Um, so I guess what happened is they put me into foster care and just almost pretty much cold Turkey, like yeah. get her off of these meds, get her away from this person and immediately got better, got better. Oh, wow. And so you said you're three at this. Was this only happening to you? So that's, (laughs) (laughs) um, at the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I was put into foster care, my dad was in Kuwait, Mm -hmm. I believe at the time. Um, and no one called him and told him and told him. So this whole time that he's in Kuwait, he's thinking that you're with your mom, Mm -hmm. but instead you're in foster care. I'm in foster care. So he comes home from Kuwait and I'm in foster care. My three other siblings had been shipped off, you know, to family members in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And he's, what what is happening? Yeah. And, And they tell him like, you know, your, your wife is being accused of this. Like, we're also going to be investigating you. Um, and he's, there's no way my wife would do this. Mm-hmm. Like, are you, there, there's no way. Um, and, and finally, after he kind of took her side for a little bit, they, um, showed medical records of my older brother, um, who is again, not my dad's biological son. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, Munchausen syndrome by proxy didn't have a name. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly new diagnosis, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor had pretty much spelled out the same thing. Like, I don't believe he's sick. I think she's causing it. And it was never to the level of, of me. Like, my brother didn't have the multiple surgeries or things mm-hmm. like that. But there... Um, the, the doctors just didn't think like she was just constantly bringing him in mm-hmm. to the hospital. And, and so they kind of spelled out Munchausen yeah. syndrome. Um, 
And so, uh, that's when my dad kind of sat down and, and reflected on things and said, I I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and so then he kind of did everything he could at that point to prove his innocence, um, and, and to take care of us kids. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that they did was they would observe my reaction with my parents. Um, so how did I react with her? How did I react with him? How did I react with both of them? And I wanted nothing to do with her. Like there was no acknowledgement. There was, you know, kind of like cowering within. Um, and I'm still daddy's girl to this day. (laughs) You know, he would walk into the room and, um, get super happy and, and things like that. So, uh, my dad was able to, to prove his innocence and win full custody of, of not just myself and not just my, my sister who is his biological daughter, but of actually all four of us kids. Mm -hmm. So a single Marine winning custody, two kids, not even biologically his. Wow. Um, that's, that's pretty, I mean, it goes to show you how much he cared about, you know, even, even the ones that weren't his kids, like biologically. Cause, uh, sometimes, I mean, that's how it should be. Like when you get with somebody and say they have kids that aren't even yours, but they should feel like that. Or the, the mom should feel like he treats them like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to actually take them on after this whole situation. So it was you and your brother that. Yes. That she was doing that too. Yeah. Um, so we, I mean, we did find out kind of none of us were unscathed. <laughs> it was just like a different level or, or different types of abuse mm-hmm. that we went through. I know my, um, my sister, Charlie, who was uh, second oldest, um, was sexually abused a lot by previous boyfriends and stuff that, uh, she had over, um, my brother, Matt, on top of going through a little bit of, of this medical type abuse was, was physically abused a lot. I think the only one who really went without a lot of abuse is actually my sister. Who's, who's just older than me. Okay. And how old was your brother when he was going through it? Do you, do you know that? Yeah. So he's 10 years older than me. So Mm. he was 13. Does he, have you ever talked to him about it? Does he remember like, yeah. So, um, my dad actually didn't tell me the full story until years later, years and years. I mean, I was like 16 when he started telling me some of the story and, mm-hmm. and 18 when he really sat me down and here's the boxes and the the records, if you want to go through them. Um, so I did reach out to my brother and, and my brother and I have a, a fairly close relationship. Um, and my brother took on this role of, of protector that no kid should ever have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, he was, he was physically abused a lot. And, and as I talked to him about what he went through, he, he purposely put himself in situations to bring the attention to him mm-hmm. and try and protect his, his sisters as much as he could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it left scars on all of us, but the fact is, is that I don't remember it mm-hmm. and he does. And 
I don't, I don't think people should have to remember those things. Yeah. Cause you said he was 13 when, when it stopped or when, when it stopped. Okay. And so he has all these time, like where he can actually remember, you know, you were so young, you don't actually remember everything. So it, does it still affect him to this day? Is he like, how, how is he doing with, with all that? Cause he, he said, you said that he didn't get it as bad as you, right? Yeah. He didn't get the medical as bad like surgeries. and Yeah. Um, but like, you know, one of the stories that he tells me later was, you know, her like screaming and yelling. And, and so he kind of brought the attention to himself and, and, um, you know, she chased him around with a, like a big butcher's knife and oh. then kicked him out of the house. And, um, it was like winter and, and snowing and, and, he didn't have shoes on and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, he, he remembers it all. And I know he went through a really, really dark time, mm-hmm. um, in his life. He actually moved out, um, of my dad's house at 17, mm-hmm. um, and, and lived with family and, and things like that. And, and then went, um, you know, he, he did drugs for a while and, um, I, I think demons just catch up to you like at some point. And now though, he has two amazing sons, mm-hmm. a beautiful wife. They live in, they actually live in Virginia close oh, to the rest of my family. Um, and, and he's doing great in life, but you know, he, he went through a hard time. Yeah. And it sucks that, I mean, no kid should be able to, or be put through that type of trauma. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so of course he's going to have, some demons, like you said, when when you get a little bit older, because you're like, at that time, it seems like it's normal in a way, you know what I mean? Cause you don't know any, uh, any different. Uh, so like, you feel like this is like real life. That's why a lot of people or a lot of kids, they, they still seem happy. I don't know if you've seen that show on Netflix. Uh, it's about a kid that they would constantly abuse at home. And then he would go to school and be happy and fine and make stuff for his parents and then like take him home. And they would like, just throw it up rip it up and uh he was a little hispanic kid i, I forget yeah, the, I, what is, is his name miguel something like that we talked I think, about I, re- I remember reading his news story yeah. yeah and so you to to him you feel like it's normal you know and like this is normal life because he was at school just fine and then he would go home and he would obviously you know th- that's where everything would happen to him and then lock him in a room with nothing and it just I, to me i find it hopefully somebody listens maybe they're going through i don't know who's going to listen to it but stuff like that is not normal you right. know what i mean like that shouldn't be uh something they should be going through you know so like if you're in that type of situation you know you need to get yourself out yeah well get yourself out or, or even like realize if you're not like connecting with your child like do don't don't continue to put them in <laughs> like yeah um there, there should be a connection with your, your children mm-hmm. that should be irreplaceable. And I think some people just don't have it and, and then they're selfish. So that disease that your, your, your mom had or has, is that, uh, how does that, like, how do they diagnose that? How do they, you know, like what's the process that goes on with that? Yeah. So it's actually really hard to get a full diagnosis of it. I think it affects, I want to say it's like seven or 10% of the entire world population. Mm-hmm. Um, and their survival rate of it is extremely low. Um, 
because the amount of abuse that usually the child or sometimes it's an elderly person goes through is, is extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really who has to diagnosis is a, is a doctor mm-hmm. to, to put things together and say, this doesn't, doesn't make sense. And oftentimes that means calling other doctors, calling other hospitals, requesting multiple medical records because they tend to bounce from hospital to hospital, hospital, hospital. Um, because someone brand new coming into the situation doesn't know what's going on. Doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Hey, so you, you said you were about, uh, how old did you say when your, when your dad actually told you like what uh, was going on? About 16 is when he started telling me what happened. And at that time, was it because you were asking like about your mom or was it? Yeah. So, um, so my dad remarried shortly after things happened and then we moved to Japan and and things like that. And, um, when we moved back from Japan, my biological mom actually won visitation with us. Mm -hmm. Um, even after that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because she, you know, saw specialists and got help and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's essentially the treatment for it. Like that's it. Um, and so she won a month in the summer and a week during our winter break. Um, and so we would see her, um, and was about, it, was it supervised? No. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, she, <laughs> she would just drop us off with family. Um, she often dropped me off with my grandparents who owned a photography studio in mm. California. Um, so I will say that I spent a majority of these visitations at my grandparents' studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely owe a lot of, of who I am and obviously what I, what I do to, to them, to them. What made you start asking questions like, uh, to the point where your dad's finally started kind of. Yeah. So it became really apparent that my mom didn't like me, mm-hmm. um, you know, with how she acted with my sister, um, who's just a little bit older than me and, and how she acted with me was, was really apparent. And I just remember just feeling so abandoned and, and upset and, and kind of just this, this huge breakdown of, of why doesn't my mom love me? Yeah. And, and that's when he kind of sat me down and, and just said, you know, here's, here's some of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, because in her eyes, she still to this day doesn't think she did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's that heartburning of ill will. Yeah. How did that feel initially going through that stuff that, cause you said he, he brought you like boxes, case records and things like that. How did that feel? I, I felt a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of anger. Obviously I knew that I had gone through surgeries. I'm covered in, in scars. Um, and that's for any teenage girl is pretty traumatic, you know, yeah. we're, we're pretty hard on our, our physical bodies and, and looking in the mirror and mm-hmm. thinking that you're ugly. Um, but then to be covered in, in scars is, is awful. And then to, to realize that 
I wasn't even sick. Mm -hmm. That all of these scars, all of this self-doubt, all of this self-esteem issue. I mean, I could have been a normal fucking person. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. And, and that was ripped from me. Mm -hmm. I never stood a chance. So was that pretty, because the way I'm seeing it in my head, like he gives you this bo- these boxes, you know, and then you just start reading it or going through the stuff and you're like, like, what is this? Like, you know what I mean? Especially because you were so young, so you don't remember any of it. But then like you see all these files and of course they're not going to like falsify a bunch of information just to make you think something. But th- that would be, I would, I would get angry. Yeah, I know that, but it would be devastating. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it makes sense why your mom is acting the way she is towards you or like you feel that disconnect with her. But just seeing that type of abuse and not just you, like there was your brother, you know, and who knows what else. I think, I don't think I will ever understand how someone can do that to another human being, Mm -hmm. let alone their own child. And I, I know, I don't think that's an answer I'll ever have either. Have you ever talked to your mom since? Um, I did. And I think about a year later, um, I, I put my foot down that I would never, ever see her again. Um, and I haven't spoken with her since really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and it's even been hard sometimes to be around like her side of the family because, you know, they know what happened and, and sometimes they're apologetic and sometimes it's, it's just ignored. And it's just this constant feeling of I'm an oddball. (laughs) Like I can't, you know, when you want to be around family, you want like that safety and that security and that like camaraderie, Mm -hmm. you know, that you have with, with family. And, and I don't always feel that. Mm -hmm. Um, not that I don't feel lots of love from my extended family, but it's, it's just a little bit different of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that I have with them, but, uh, yeah, I want, I want nothing to do with her. I have no idea where she's at. Um, and lo- w- was this all based off what she did before or she just no remorse, no nothing she feels like, like you said earlier, it feels like she didn't do anything. Oh yeah. I mean, she, she, when I, I did ask her about it, um, and it's just a bunch of lies. Everyone lied. It, it's not true. And, um, and that's a really common theme with, with this mental disease mm-hmm. is, is that they either really don't know what they're doing or they're so disillusioned about it, mm-hmm. um, that it's not wrong. So, um, yeah, she was in just complete denial about it. And, uh, um, and and obviously very angry that I would even bring it up. Yeah. Uh, the last I had heard, though, um, she actually stole a bunch of money from my my grandparents' photography studio. Oh. Wow. And was on the run from the cops. And as far as I know, um, no one's heard from her since. Wow. So, what about your dad? Have you did you ever ask your dad like what he like? I'm wondering what's going on on his side. You know what I mean? Like he finds this out, uh, is happening to his kids. You know what I mean? Like, did you ever ask him like, what was like, where was his mindset at at that time? Yeah. So, I mean, 
again, my dad, my dad's a Marine. So yeah. this, you think a Marine, you think pretty badass person. Yeah, tough, <laughs> badass, like. Um, when, when we talked about it, that, that first time I think was probably the first time I've ever seen my dad just break down. Wow. Um, because you do, you, you, when you marry someone, you, you trust that person to, to be your better half and, and that soulmate. And, and that connection may have not quite been there because, uh, yeah. Um, but then to find out that they're the cause of your child almost dying. Yeah. I think there's just so much guilt there. There's so much anger. Um, and I think looking back now and, and as we talk, you know, as me as an adult and, and things like that, I think he also harbors a lot of guilt um, that we were put back into the situation to be around her mm-hmm. when we were older, you know, that he either didn't or couldn't fight the court systems enough to say she doesn't, she should not have visitation. Yeah. Um, you know, your duty as a parent is, is to protect your children and, and he feels like he failed. Yeah. And especially when he's, you know, serving the country, you know, he's, he's thinking like he has more on his plate too. You know what I mean? Like he has to go over there he has to serve. He, he was in the, the Gulf war. You said, yeah, he's out there serving for that. And then he has to deal with this. And so I'm thinking like his head is all over the place. Like, and it's almost helpless because it's not like he can just be like, I'm leaving. You know, I got to go deal with some stuff. Like, yeah. No, you're, you committed to that. Guess yeah, you what? can't, you can't just leave Guess the military. Guess what, buddy? Like, you're, <laughs> you're stuck out here, you know? So, that's, uh, that's a tough position to be in, you know? Like, especially for your dad. Um, but you said you're super close with your dad. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I can't even imagine being in, in his situation. And, and I harbored no hatred or, or ill will, mm-hmm. like, towards him. Um, because it's not his fault people are really good at lying yeah, and they're really good about hiding things if they don't want to be found. Mm-hmm. And I hate that who did it to him was, was his own spouse obviously, but that's not on him. Yeah. So how long you, you said you're married now, right? Mm-hmm. How long have you been married? I've been married seven years. Oh, seven years. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, how long did you guys date before you got married not very long oh, dang. that's actually pretty good not, not a lot of the, like those short-term yeah uh, dating scenes last too long so when did you tell him your husband about like what happened to you i mean obviously um so now i have a a tattoo cover-up of of my scars but yeah. when we met i didn't <laughs> so there's not much hiding mm-hmm you know, it looks like a mad scientist played tic-tac-toe on my stomach. Like it's, it's, um, so that conversation had to happen pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I, I don't think I told him how damaged I was, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, he knew very surface level about what had happened. Mm-hmm. And then when he found out everything, cause I'm, I'm pretty sure he knows. Yeah. Pretty- now, now I, you know, I have triggers. I have, I'm, I'm not a completely normal person. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think none of us are. None you know of us I mean? are normal, but yeah, yeah I, I think I'm like a whole different level. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I think he, 
he feels a lot of anger. I think he is a little bit more confused about um, how my dad handled things or, or how, you know, my stepmom handled things and, or how extended family handled things. He wishes that someone had protected us a little bit mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like sometimes if you would have say something like that happened to myself and I explained it to somebody I'm talking with, most people would be like, well, I'm out, you know, like this is way too much or like there's probably something wrong with her, but there is, but, <laughs> there is. <laughs> but, but obviously not. Cause he, he's, he's been around for seven years and, um, you know, and got to learn your story, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause that's, that's, that's pretty tough. Uh, but it also, you, you said, you touched on it earlier. You said that, uh, you like, you felt damaged. When did you start feeling like that? Uh, I think really, you know, at, at puberty, everyone starts feeling a little. Mm -hmm. Was it when you, um, cause for me, when I was growing up, right. I, I have a cleft palate. So I had a scar on my face. Right. And for the longest time growing up, I thought it was normal. Like my, what was wrong with me? I felt like it was normal mm -hmm. until people started pointing it out. And as soon as started, people started pointing it out, they're like, why is your nose misshaped? Why do you have a scar? Like, why is your teeth? Like I had my teeth would grow in random places. Cause that's how cleft palates are. Yeah. Then I started feeling different. I started feeling like I'm not the same as, as these other kids. And it almost, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to explain like the, the way you feel when you're a kid and you get outed like that. Yeah. So, I mean, like a lot of my scars are, you know, on, on my chest and, and on my stomach. So it's not something that someone just sees, yeah. right? Like, you know, with you and it, it's on your face. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you start going into middle, middle school, which of course is right around puberty hits, oh, yeah. like <laughs> all of that, there's locker rooms mm. and, and gym and, and all of that. And you're a weirdo if you need to like go to the stall to get changed. So you, you gotta, you mm -hmm. know, suck it up and get changed in front of other people. And, and, Oh, what, what is that? You know, what, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then of course, um, girls talk, like we're, we're pretty known for, for being gossipy yeah. and, and the girls tell the guys and, and you know, it's pretty soon it gets around that you have a bunch of scars on you. Right. Were you ever picked on because of that or, or, oh, she's weird because she has all these scars on her. Yeah. I mean, a, a little bit of that. I, I will say it could have been a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Um, I think kids just didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't understand. I just, I was sick. Yeah. Um, I had a feeding tube. I had, I had surgery. Like I, I didn't know the story though either. Yeah. Um, I think when I, when I knew the story, it was, do I not tell people? Do I tell people like, yeah, like it, I was really unsure of how I'm, I'm supposed to act and, and behave almost though mm -hmm. too. Cause I, for the longest time, I wouldn't tell people the story because I didn't want to come across of, I need the attention yeah. because I'm telling the story because obviously now I'm super paranoid about needing attention. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's all started because of this need for attention. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a hard, did you ever, cause you had all these scars on you, you know, did you ever, what would your dad say they were from or your grandparents? Like, cause it'd be really hard to miss, you yeah. know, what, what would they tell you happened? You were just really sick as a baby. Oh, that's all they would say. Yeah. 
And I didn't have all of my pictures of me as, as a toddler and baby. I was, I was this like super fat because of like medication and like missing hair and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so, I mean, I always knew I was sick as a kid. Dang. That, yeah, that, that, that'd be pretty rough. You know what I mean? Like having to have all those scars and I mean, but it, it seems like now you're doing a lot better just because, um, was it always like that? Or do you still go through like these time periods where you, you feel like not depressed, but you like think back on it and it kind of like messes you up for a little bit? Yeah. I mean, my own mom didn't love me. Yeah. See, that would be tough. Like, cause I, I'm thinking like, obviously my mom, you know, does, I'm grateful enough that she's been in my life and still is. And she's always been nothing but caring. So, but I'm trying to picture it opposite and I can't, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so just to have that. So I, I don't know how it feels. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yeah. I don't, it's, it's, it's too hard for me to be like, Oh, like I, like I feel your pain. No, I don't, you know, like it's, yeah. I think there's, there's always going to be bad days. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always going to be that time of, if my own mom, the person who is supposed to love you the second you're born, right? Like when you hear of descriptions of moms or mother's day comes up and everything like that, it's, it's the person who supports you the most, you know, you looked at me at one glance and you love me and, Mm -hmm. and I'm a mom. Like I, that's how I feel towards my kids. Yeah. Do, do those days almost trigger you like the. Like Mother's Day, for yeah. example, it's it's really triggering for me. Dang. It's really triggering for me. Um, my birthday is also like I. Um, it's something that my in laws have to have struggled with understanding because they're really big and like, let's spend the whole day together and celebrate your birthday and things like that. And I, I don't want it celebrated. Yeah, I mean, I want I want presents. But <laughs> like, yeah, she says she wants presents. Still. I want presents. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but just that, those memories, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that would be tough, especially like mother's day comes around or I don't know if you know when her birthday is, even like if you try to forget it, it's. So she actually shares a birthday with my dad. Oh, there you (laughs) go. (laughs) So, um, I can't ever forget her birthday because then I'd forget my dad's birthday, but I just, I try as much as possible to realize that I have an amazing dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he met an amazing woman who has loved me as, as, as best as she can. Right. Um, and she's my mom. My, my stepmom is my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have amazing extended family and, and grandparents who helped me find an outlet and, and things like that. I have an amazing husband who, despite all my flaws or triggers and, and, um, days of feeling like, why would you marry someone yeah. so scarred? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. Um, and he sees, he sees past that. And I have beautiful, amazing kids who have become my world. Mm-hmm. I never want them to go through anything close to what I did. Is, is that what helps you get through those days that where you get triggered is just relying on that immediate family that you have there, your kids, your husband, your dad, your in-laws, you, is, is that what you try to surround yourself by that day? Or like when you get triggered, are you like more like, just leave me alone. I need to be alone for a little while. Um, I think you're not, 
the natural reaction is I, I just want to be alone, but, um, that's almost worse. Yeah, it is. It makes it worse. Um, so it's definitely my kids mm. more than anything that, that helped me get through it. You know, I love my husband to death, but when I surround myself with my kids and, and kind of, all right, let's do this activity. Let's do this activity. Let's do this activity. It, it helps me realize that whatever was wrong with her was wrong with her mm. and that I can be a, the mom Yeah, that she should have been for my own kids. Yeah. See, you're, that's very like strong of you. You know what I mean? Cause not a lot of us will go through that and it, and it sucks that you have to go through that. You know what I mean? Like no, no kid should have to go through that with the uh, losing parents or even being treated like that with someone that is supposed to be there for you, you know, like your mom. So, so right now you started your own company last year, right? Yeah. Last year. Okay. What did you do before that? Um, so before that I, I worked as a regional sales manager for, for Maluka and it was in charge of six states. Um, I took some time off and then I worked as a marketing director for a real estate company. Um, so I've kind of done a, a mixture of things. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, were you never satisfied with those other things you were doing? No, I mean, regional sales, it's, it's great because I could talk to people and, and, and I love getting to know people's story and, and talking with them and, and things like that. But I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was good at my job for sure, but uh, it just, it didn't bring any satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and then when I became marketing director for real estate, I mean, I loved that. I loved the creativity that I could do. I could go out and actually get paid for, for photography mm. and um, social media and, and um, graphics and, and all of those things that I really love to do, but it was so much in, just real estate. Just real estate. Right. Um, and that's not my fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You almost feel like you're stuck in, at first it's fun. I know what you're talking about. Cause like when you start doing something, it's like fun, but then all of a sudden it gets like, this is all it is, you know? And you like, uh, people like ourselves, we like to be creative. We like to try different things, reach a whole bunch of different people, not just one thing, you know? And like, I can see why you got, you know, in real estate. Cause real estate is cool for me. Not as a marketing director, but right. like as in investing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole different thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was fun doing like the real estate photography and things like that was I got to see a bunch of houses. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to learn that, like that market area right. for like later on in your business. So how long did you do, did you do that for? I did that for about a year and then COVID hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> COVID hit and then, so it, like they cl closed down and everything. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, work from home and, and things like that. And actually about the si same time that COVID hit, I, I went through a miscarriage. Oh, dang. Um, and I think the combination of we're not in the office and then a miscarriage was especially triggering for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it made my husband and I really sit down and, and kind of say, what are we doing with our life? Yeah. Um, we sold our house. We had this huge six bedroom four bath house. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't want that out anymore. Yeah. Um, we sold it, moved into an apartment, love apartment life, <laughs> like, which is so bad. Cause I was working in real estate, right? Yeah. Like you're not supposed to love renting and I love <laughs> apartment life, but I do, I really do. Um, and, and then it also became, I, I don't want to do something that I don't fully love anymore. So mm -hmm. I started design DNA. And then, so 
was it hard in the beginning to get it off the the ground just because i mean it is covid and not it wasn't a whole lot of stuff you could there were some things you could do but like were we were really limited right so like was did you feel like it was a smart decision then or did you start it right before the show? I still wonder if it's a smart decision. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, you know, I think I didn't even really think about COVID. Mm-hmm. But like, was it before or after? I mean, it was during, like I started May. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> like, so it was like right as like the shutdown and, and mm-hmm. things got bad. And I think I was just so excited to finally do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd done real estate photography and, and been paid for that. And I'd been a hobby photographer for ever. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we all go through that stage yeah. of, oh, yeah. of, <laughs> of hobby level photography. Um, and doing it just, I, this is what I'm doing and, and doing it full time. There was a lot of growth. Like mm-hmm. I look back at my first photo shoots and I almost want to like reach out to the people and like, can I take your pictures? Again? <laughs> <laughs> like, let me, let me do, do mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just so excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's really, I mean, sometimes the best things in life are, you know, risky. And that was actually risky because you started it during a pandemic, you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's not something that you can prepare for, you know, yeah. because I mean, when's the last time this happened? <laughs> 20 years ago? <laughs> Isn't it like a cycle of <laughs> something like, I don't know, but, but actually everything shut down, yeah. shut down. I don't even know when, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, so, so then you get the ball rolling on your business and you know, you, you obviously, so what is it that you guys exactly do at design DNA? Yeah. So it, it started off with, with just me, um, photography, a little bit of social media management and marketing and very minor graphic design Mm -hmm. stuff was, was how it started. Um, but I came up with the name design DNA because, you know, when I would go and visit my biological mom, like I said, I I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' Mm -hmm. photography studio. And for me, that became an outlet and, and eventually that outlet became who I am. Mm -hmm. And so the name design DNA is it's because what we do is, is not just our job. It's so much a passion. It's so much of who we are. It's in our DNA. Yeah. And so I always knew from the get go, like design DNA is a kind of weird name for a photography. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, usually it's like the person's name or something. Yeah. It's usually like, uh, say like if I were to do, Edgar's photography, you know? Like, yeah. That's usually like, if I you think, think just think, a studio, I think everyone starts off like that. Cause I remember my first original name a long time where we won't even bring that one up, <laughs> but that's how it originally starts. And right. So no, I, I actually like the name design DNA, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's different. It's unique. And that's, that's what you need, you know? Yeah. And so I always wanted to bring in other creatives that had that same level of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe like me, they did years of hobby or I'm not good enough and let me work a job that I really don't like because I can't make money yeah. doing what I like. Um, so it was always from the get go of once I started design DNA, it was, I want to bring on other people mm-hmm. and, and design design is writing design is graphic design is social media design is, um, videos, mm-hmm. everything that we do in a creative way is designing something. Mm-hmm. Whether that's designing the vision that you have in, in your head or pen and paper or, you know, on a computer, it's design. And I want to bring on people who are just as passionate that it's in their DNA. 
and that's awesome. You know what I mean? Because w- when you find people who are passionate about something, you, you, you get like this, this type of work from them. You know what I mean? Like that's really amazing. You know what I mean? Compared to somebody who just does it for a paycheck. Right. You know, because uh, I remember my buddy, he would always tell me, uh, you know, just follow your passion. Just be passionate about something like whatever it is and just keep doing it and keep doing it. And then then the money comes. Right. You know, uh, if you chase the money, the the money runs. But if you, you know, focus on your passion, he's like the money comes. It just it takes work. You know what I mean? Because I, I know, I'm pretty sure it's the same for yourself. Like when you first picked up a camera, <laughs> you didn't know what you were doing with it. You know, I was the same exact way. Like had no idea how to use it. I was on automatic, like just random. I didn't know how to frame a picture. I didn't know how to do anything. <laughs> and then you look back now, kind of like how you mentioned earlier, you're like, I took that. Yeah, <laughs> I, right. I actually put that out there. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Yeah. But they're still happy about it, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just so fun to be creative. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like, and, and it's funny when I first met you because, like, always smiling, happy no idea like you went through all this stuff do you ever do you ever feel like you do that as a front or is that just how you feel yeah so i I mean obviously in life i've gone um to seeing a few specialists (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and those of my friends who are super close with me um shout out to the ericsons you know spencer erickson and jaden erickson they're really good friends with me um i did jaden soul school Mm-hmm. Um, for, for a session. And I mean, she really pointed out how I act with when I'm just one-on-one with her, or how I act when I'm other people, I'm, I'm almost a completely different person. Mm-hmm. I'm so comfortable and calm with her that I'm, I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just chill and calm and at peace. And, and when I'm around people that I don't know, I'm, I'm overly smiley and mm-hmm. I'm overly bubbly. And, and, and I think it's because I feel like I have to be this person. Mm-hmm. I have to be excited. I have to be um, fun because they're not going to like me. Almost like you, all, you, you always got to be on. I always got to be on. Yeah. I ran into an issue like that. So a little while back ago, like I had a bad day, right? Just a bad day. Um, this one girl I was talking to at the time pissed me off <laughs> and like, I was just having a bad day. I went to go pay. I had to go pay a bill, right? I go and pay it and somebody was like, Hey, like I follow all your stuff. I love it. And like, this is not just going off. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. You know, just like that. But I was having a bad day later on. She went and told people that was an asshole. Uh, oh, no. I was an asshole. Uh, like I was just rude. The, the, this girl unfollowed me from everywhere. And oh. like, she let it known that she unfollowed me. I'm like, you know, like sometimes we're ha- like, I'll talk to somebody, be all fine and smiling and stuff. But there's You're allowed like, to have bad days, people. Yeah, there, there's like something <laughs> bothering you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there could be, that's why I asked, I was like, is this how you normally are? Or is it just because you feel like you have to? I feel like I always have to be on. Mm-hmm. I feel like I always have to be working and, and doing things. And um, because then like the sacrifice that my, and, and turmoil that my family went through because of me wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that that makes sense. You know, uh, I'm almost, almost like an introvert, introvert like yourself. Like I like to stay. I'm always by myself. I always like to do stuff. I always stay busy. People are like, how are you? Like Saturday last night, I was all I was doing editing photos. Like, <laughs> um, 
that's what I do on my weekends or like I, uh, I reach out to people for the podcast. I'm always doing something. It's never, I don't like to go out and party. Like that's not my thing. You know, I like I'm to, too old for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like to, I like to do stuff like this. Like most people on a Sunday, they're like a uh, lazy Sunday and they're just hanging out. I'm like, no, I'm like Sunday's another day to, especially like having a small business like yourself. It's, it's never an off day. Yeah. I just finished editing three, three sessions yeah, before see, coming here. <laughs> it, it's never an off day, but people don't see that. People don't see, they just see, uh, end result. You know what I mean? Like they'll see, like I tell people I'm luckily enough and grateful enough to the podcast had like blown up and gotten pretty big, uh, to the point where I gotten like corporate sponsors and I'm talking to other people, like, uh, trying to get them to sponsor the video side. Cause I'm trying right. to bring on video, but they don't see the hard work. They don't see like you and I on a Sunday. What, what time is it? Like Sunday, two o'clock. <laughs> We're sitting here chatting, recording a podcast. To me, this is fun. It's not work. If it feels like it's work to some people, then this is, this is That's not, not, not the right job. For yeah, them. yeah. You're not passionate about like, I love sitting here. Like I had one earlier. I had a blast talking to him. I got to learn a lot. I told you like they had a really powerful story like yourself too. So this is like two back to back like <laughs> powerful stories. You You're going to be emotionally drained by the end of oh, the day. <laughs> sometimes I feel like that. I think the worst one was, uh, I only say worse because everyone's like traumas is not like, there's not one trauma bigger than the other, right. but it's because she was crying through the whole thing, you know, like, and it, and I felt, I didn't know what to say. Cause I felt like, it really like struck some like that nerve in her, you know, the whole podcast, she was like crying and like it, it was, I felt bad. Like I even felt like crying at some points just because you could see how torn up she was, you yeah. know? So, but it's also like motivating to see that you're doing a lot better. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're always pushing to grow. You started a company at like in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I started a podcast in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. but, but that's, but, but it goes to show you like we're always adapting. Like there, there's never a, oh, well there's a pandemic. I'm not going to do anything. You know, not me. I was like, this is a, I don't know why I want to start a podcast, but I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Let me start it in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but I mean, being a pandemic and, and things like that, but where I do graphic design and, and social media management. I mean, a lot of companies had to get their act together as far as that's concerned yeah. though, too. So that kind of, I think made a huge difference in, in getting it, it started. Mm -hmm. So what's next for design DNA? Um, I definitely want to bring on some more team members. Um, word has gotten out there about our graphic design work and, and it's, it's too much for, <laughs> for just me to handle and yeah. things like that. So I, I want to see the growth. I want to bring, but I want to bring on people just as passionate. Yeah, that, that's the as I am. Yeah, it'll, it'll take a little bit longer, but once you find those people, you know they're like you said, just as passionate. Yep. You know what I mean. And I hope nothing but you know success for you guys, just because you know. Uh, even we talked about it earlier. Uh, with what's her name, Mari, Mari from uh, Divine Expressions. Uh, I asked her like, what does she feel like with all these new salons popping up, new hairstylists, and so. She's like, I love it. Yeah. I love it. She's like, because it keeps me on my toes. And I was like, exactly. I was like, if you're not, once you get comfortable in whichever area, then that's a problem because you're not growing. You're not learning new techniques, new, just, there's so much to learn. Yeah. When, if you ever feel like, you know, it all, you probably don't know nothing. Well, and I think, you know, obviously we live in an area that has 
a few photographers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a few graphic designers, a few social media management uh, managers out there. But if you're in that field and you're not befriending people who are in the same field as you, I think you're doing it wrong because you can always learn oh, yeah. from someone else. Um, or, and like you said, it, it should push you and, and should motivate you. You know, there's sometimes I, I totally follow you. And so I'm like, I like how he edited that. Let me, <laughs> let me like pull out a picture and see if I can, you know, just tweak some, like it, it makes you think. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Cause I've always, I don't know everything. Like, yeah. you know, that's why I tell people like, uh, we don't know everything. Like whether it be me, you, uh, divine expressions, even they said they're always learning. And that's a big thing. especially in books that I read, like the self-help books, the entrepreneur books, always learning they're always reading they're always like learning new techniques and uh you wanting to learn like that i do the same thing like i ask questions like Mm -hmm. if i don't know how to do something i'm like well how did you do that you know know, like how did you do it show me how to do it and you have to find people who are also willing to share that information because there's some people out here who um if, if they feel like it's me 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 you know but i feel like it's all of us, you know, yeah. like we can help each other grow. We can help each other, uh, you know, become, there's plenty of business for everybody. Well, and not just that, but like, no matter how much you learn from another person, you are still you. Yeah. You know, when you take that picture, when you edit it, you might, you know, take some techniques from, from someone else, but it's always going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that about doing like styled shoots or something, you know, when you're, have another photographer who takes the exact same picture as you and they come out completely oh, yeah. different because you are you. Someone is going to do business because they like your style. Your style. And that is okay. You know, when if someone comes to me and like, hey Mia, you know, I'm sorry I went with someone else because I like that style better. Great. I'm yeah. glad you found <laughs> the style that you want. Like because yeah, everyone's different. Exactly. I, I had some people, I think I, we talked about it. They brought me some like pictures and like, can you do this? I'm like, well, why don't you just go with them? <laughs> you, you know, like, because yeah. <laughs> their style is, is different than mine. I was like, I'm not going to try to, if you want to come to me, it's because you like what I'm putting out. Right. You know, and, and that's why I feel like there can never be too many creatives because we all have our certain style. Uh, whether it be, even if you edit somewhat similar if we go on the same shoot, I'm going to get, you know, probably get a different angle than you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to edit it uh, different. You're going to make it warmer. I'm going to make it warmer. You're going to make it colder, you know, like just different things. Cause everyone sees uh, that, that picture differently. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like I said, I wish nothing but success for you guys. I'm glad you were able to come and tell your story. That way can people can see where, you know, the name design design DNA comes from and just your past and get to know you a little bit, you know, see where you're coming from and see how you're trying to, you know, every day I'm pretty sure it's constant battle, you know, yeah. fighting, uh, you know, what happened to you and, and things like that, you know? So, you know, kudos to you that you're able to start your business, have four, you said four, right? Four amazing kids. T- amazing <laughs> kids. And, um, I'm, I'm sure they're a handful cause I, I've seen sometimes you post, uh, <laughs> I wish, you know, the kiddos, the kiddos were a little 
less wild. <laughs> yeah, my kids are with shoot. me almost at every photo shoot. Yeah, and I bet you that's tough because now you have to like focus on the the client, and you got to focus on the kids. They don't like hurt themselves. <laughs> you gotta. Uh, how old are they? The ones that you take with you? Uh, so I have a nine year old, a seven year old, a four year old, and a five month old. And they all come with you? Pretty much. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's a, that would be tough. Sometimes I feel like. Uh, I mean, I need to get an assistant to come with me on shoots, but having, and they're not even assisting. <laughs> <laughs> not even, they, I mean, I call them assistants. Yeah. But they're, but they're not assisting. Yeah. Um, but I think at, at this point it, it's part of my company. Yeah. You know, like my, my kids are here and if, if that's a huge problem for the client, then again, they're probably not the client for me. That, and I'm sure them being around what you're doing later on will motivate them to either get in the same field or do something on their own, you know. I, I'm glad you're able to. Uh, earlier, you talked about it. You you treat the kids like how a mom should, you know, how you felt like you should have, you know. And same like being them around like entrepreneurs because, you know, when that's how rich people stay rich. You know, they surround themselves by other rich people, so they know yeah. how to stay rich. You know, it's it's not because they they got lucky or something. You know, so uh, you know, I wish the best for you. Thank Seriously, you. <laughs> and thank you for coming and talking with me. Thanks having for having chat. me. <laughs> you know, I had a, I got to learn a lot. It's it's deep, you know what I mean. But I feel like it's a it's a story that people should hear, just to see that you know where you come from. Because you got the red hair on right now. <laughs> Last time I think it was blue. Yeah, my hair changes like a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah, and so it's so maybe next time like uh. We, we chat, you're going to have like a uh, green. I was thinking purple might be next again. There, yeah, there it, we go. It's going to be, it's going to be purple. It's, it's going to be purple. <laughs> but again, thank you for coming. Uh, oh, before we go, let them know your uh, social medias. Oh yeah. So you can find me on Facebook. Um, I think if you technically type it in, it's design DNA creatives. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Instagram as well. It's, it's design DNA dot IF. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you follow us and you'll see lots of things. I mean, we're constantly busy. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, go ahead and check out her stuff. She does amazing work. And then you get to know the, the lady behind yep. Design DNA a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again for coming. Thank and, you. And we'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye. See ya. Esto es un flow universal Hice lo que dijo Dios, no lo que quise De la maldad que Dios me libre Y el respeto se gana, manito, eso no se consigue Dale, ven, te quiero ver, goza y pasarla bien Vamos, mira que caliente se ha puesto el weekend La temperatura en 100 Y el cuello frucé Ya estamos en otro nivel